extend a greeting to you this morning in the precious name of Jesus, the one that we were studying about in our Sunday school lesson. Truly a, a very practical lesson as we look at the life of Christ and the example he gave to us as we, you know, the, you think of the, the elements, the temptations that he faced, and then to think that he was tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin. And that's a promise that God gives to us through his Son, that we can have that, that victory through Jesus Christ. We had a very interesting week, a very filling week. Um, the theme at our minister's meeting was lessons from the life of Moses. And uh, I guess summing up in one sentence would be, in these words, here I am before the great I am who I am. And uh, some of the experiences Moses had to face, I appreciated Dwight's devotionals. Uh, he shared in some devotionals, four devotionals there, I believe, at the meetings, did a very excellent job. And uh, I'm sure the Lord will reward him and bless him for that. Very challenging. This morning I'd like to uh, think about another ship that we will encounter on the sea of life. That ship that we will encounter, and again, I'm, I want to say in the own start that I'm looking at this ship from a Christian perspective. Um, there could be another angle that we could look at, and that's from the unbeliever's perspective. The ship that I want to look at is the, the ship called Hardship. And it's very likely that you may have already encountered this ship in your walk with the Lord uh, at some point or to some degree or another. The word uh, hardship actually is not found in the King James Version as we have it here. However, if you look at the subject titled Affliction, uh, it starts at the beginning and goes the whole way through the pages of the Scripture. Um, you know, it's, it's a ship that we, from a natural perspective, we do not look forward to boarding. And uh, I had to ask as I meditated on, on the experiences of hardship, and uh, one of the things that entered my mind was, well, I, maybe I'm not qualified. I have not encountered a lot of difficulty and hardship in life. There's, you know, what I encountered was probably minor compared to what others have encountered. But yet I think there's some value in looking at this uh, experience of hardship in our Christian life, in our walk with the Lord, because... We never know when we may encounter it, and what's our expectations, or what's our reaction to it, or what uh, what can we anticipate? What should be uh, what should be uh, our what should our experience be like? Well, the other thought I, I thought, well, okay, what what is my definition of hardship? And uh, I could I suppose we could go through the audience this morning, and, and everybody would have a different definition of what uh, hardship is. Uh, you know, it could be uh, afflictions because of our faith in the Lord. And I think that's probably the primary affliction we need to think about. And again, in our, in our day and age, we have not suffered extensively because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our uh, country, uh, the privileges and blessings that we have has been very uh, uh, open to our open expression of faith. And uh, we can share this morning openly, freely. And uh, one of the things we, we did, we had a little extra time 
Thursday evening, we went through Menelhoff, and uh, you know there it talks about the history of the Anabaptists, and uh, we saw some of the uh, persecution, some of the afflictions, some of the hardships they encountered. Uh, they had a how many have ever been through there, Menelhoff? You know, yeah. uh, uh, a ship. Talk about ships. <laughs> they had a a small ship uh, cabin where probably uh, mimicking what many of our Anabaptist forefathers came across the ocean on, had a narrated uh, talk of a mother who was losing her, I believe it was an eight-year-old daughter because of the illnesses and, you know, the, uh, the, the afflictions and hardship they encountered because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, here we are today, and, and we're talking about hardship. Uh, it's not... Maybe so much what I have to say this morning, but what the Bible has to say. And that's where I want to point you this morning to the Word of God. That's the word that Jesus used in his temptations to Satan. And that needs to be our source. That needs to be where we go when we encounter difficulties in our, in our Christian life. Thinking about afflictions, you know, it could be fears from within or from without. Could be illnesses, physically, mentally, emotionally. Could be material things, the uh, absence or loss or of necessary things of life, food, clothing, shelter, etc. Uh, you know, those could be all under the definition of hardship, perhaps. And uh, you may question, well, how much of my life or your life this morning will be spent on board the ship of hardship? Thinking of this as an experience in our life, and it may be an on and off type of thing. We may. Walk with the Lord, and and seemingly it may be a smooth road. I had to think as I was. This is just off the cuff here, but I had to think. I didn't look at this. How many, how many of our songs talk about ships? Talk about or relating to ships? We talk about uh, Master, the tempest is raging. Uh, Jesus, Savior, pilot, me. Uh, Ryan, do you know offhand how many songs in our? I thought I thought I could count on you for that. Anyway. <laughs> But, uh, you know, so it could be a continuation, perhaps, of, of an extended period of time, perhaps, that we go through hardships. Uh, another thing I had to think about as I thought about uh, hardships, you know, sometimes it can be the result of my own making. Uh, but in other times it can be the result of events that are totally out of my control. And uh, I think we need to be careful as we go through this, these experiences that we're calling Afflictions or hardships, you know, how much have I contributed to that cause? And uh, if we have contributed to that, I think we need to, to look within and ask God to help us through that experience. Well, what can we learn from God's Word in regards to experiencing this ride on hardship? Where does it, first of all, the beginning and the source of hardship, hardship turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. This is after Satan had came to the first couple in the garden there and had tempted them. And it was not a pleasant experience. Like It did not turn out like Satan had promised. And then God came to them. And here is, in verses 16 through 19, we find God... Uh, telling them really what their experience is going to be like because of their choices. And life, life from beginning to the end is, 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 uh, is, is choices. We face choices. And 
Sometimes the choices we make, there will be a, uh, they may involve a hardship. Uh, looking at verse 16, Under the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy woman, or to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. To me, that's the beginning of afflictions. Uh, and it, re, it was the, re, the direct result of the choice that they had made in the Garden of Eden. To the woman in verse 16, he said, Sorrow greatly multiplied. Now when God says greatly multiplied, I had to think and wonder what really is, is being said here. Up to this point, I believe there was complete and perfect harmony. Uh, Adam was... Adam and Eve were commanded to dress and to keep the garden, but I believe it was a relatively, in my opinion, a relatively easy job. Uh, by what we find God pronouncing the curse on, on their, because of their choices. And to man, he said, the ground will be cursed in sorrow, you will cultivate it, uh, sweat is required in verse 19. And I like to suggest that today, mankind today still chaffs under that curse. Uh, I'm a farmer by vocation. And uh, maybe in our science and technology, we have... Um, <laughs> what's the word I want to use? In our science and our technology, we have somewhat... Uh, taken away some of the, the drudgery of it, perhaps, okay? But it still costs us, okay? It still costs us. Uh, we can cultivate our corn and our crops in our air-conditioned cabs. That's technology. But, it, you know, it costs. Uh, instead of getting out there and pulling the weeds by hand and uh, because of the curse that was pronounced because of Adam's choice, uh, but it still costs. And that's, that's the point I want to drive home, is it, it still costs. Even though we are not there, it's, there's still a price that has to be paid. You might ask about the woman's responsibility. And I don't know, you know, in, in our developed world today, uh, uh, maternal mortality is almost unheard of. Uh, but you go to the developing worlds or countries of our society today, and it's, the statistics change rather drastically. The risks that are uh, involved in childbirth. And, uh, you know, it's a whole different fight. And I guess that's what I'm saying. So, in, in science, and in science, with science and technology, we have somewhat removed ourselves from the direct confrontation of it. But again, I want to emphasize it still costs us. We're still paying for that. And uh, so, that's where the source of hardship comes from because of the choice of our forefathers. They choose to listen and answer to uh, the desires of their flesh in response to the, the offer that Satan gave to them. And today, 
we still need to pay for that in a in a limited in a in a certain way. So that's where hardship began back in the Garden of Eden, and uh, I don't know of any way of circum uh, circumventing that hardship other than through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it takes the sting out of it, is the way the New Testament talks about it. He says uh, he can take the sting out of death. Death passed upon all men because of those choices. And they began to die. The world began to deteriorate. And weeds began to grow. Uh, but God, as we become his children through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he can take the sting out of that curse. And uh, I'd like to suggest that as we encounter hardships and afflictions, you know, as, as we are followers of Jesus Christ, it takes some of the sting out of that trial or affliction that we may be encountering. Well, what should we expect as children of God? I want, I'm going to walk through some scriptures here. Uh, most of these are New Testament scriptures. Go to John chapter 16, verse 33. John 16, verse 33 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And that's a, that's a, a, word, that's a, a verse I want you to, to latch a hold of. We can expect tribulation in the world. It tells us that. We ought to anticipate that. And again, personally, my personal experience you know, has been very, very sheltered. But we know not what the future holds. And, uh, you know, these things have I spoken unto you. We have the word of God. We need to avail ourselves of the word of God. And uh, it's not by bread that we live according to the Sunday school lesson this morning. It's by these words that are actually going to sustain us. The closer we are to the truth, the less likely we are to succumb to the distractions of tribulation and trial. God wants us to have peace. He says that in me ye might have peace. In spite of those stormy waves that may be crashing upon our ship called hardship, he says, but be of good cheer, he says, I have overcome the world. First Thessalonians 3, verses 3 and 4, going back a little further. that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. Okay. He says we are appointed unto afflictions. Uh, that no man, for verily, verse 4, for verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulations, even as it came to pass, and ye know. And uh, Paul here is writing to the Christians at Thessalonica, and uh, they probably in a very real way were experiencing some persecution. And Paul is trying to strengthen them and give them courage. He said that, that no man be moved in those afflictions. Uh, don't jump ship off of the ship of hardship. Endure it. And uh, trust in the Lord through those experiences. There is uh, 
I suppose when I, I start talking about afflictions, there's one Old Testament character that comes to mind, and that's Job. And I had to take a verse from his experience in Job chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. This is Job's testimony. He says, Although affliction cometh not forth of the dust, neither doth trouble spring out of the ground, yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. I like Job's expression there. Uh, Although affliction cometh not forth of the dust, neither doth trouble spring out of the ground, yet it seems like it's a natural, we just, it finds us. It's there. And uh, it's just a part of our, our walk with the Lord. It's a part of our experience in this world. We will have afflictions. And if anybody had afflictions, Job had afflictions. And, uh, you know, we, we sometimes like to lay our finger on, on the cause of affliction. And there's sometimes we can't lay our finger on the cause of affliction. Job is one of those Job was one of those men as he experienced those afflictions. And his friends came and tried to counsel him. And they searched his, they, they looked at his life and tried to help him find the cause of that affliction. But they were missing the picture totally. And uh, we need to be careful in, in, uh, as we relate to others, and we'll get to that part later on, as we relate to others that are going through afflictions that we, we know exactly what happened. We can help you through this problem. The only help we can offer is, is, you know, point them to the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows our beginning from the end. And uh, point them to the Word of God. Also thought of, of the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. What can we expect? Verses, uh, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 21. I speak as concerning reproach, as though we had been weak. Howbeit, whereinsoever any is bold, I speak foolishly. I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent. In deaths, in deaths often. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep. In journeys often, in pearls and waters, in pearls of robbers, in pearls of mine own countrymen, in pearls by heathen, in pearls in the city, in pearls in the wilderness, in pearls in the sea, in pearls among false brethren, in weariness and in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is offended? I have, and I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. And I'll stop reading there. Paul certainly has a list of, of difficulties that he encountered. And uh, shipwrecks and pearls of countrymen and fastings and cold and nakedness. And, and yet he remained true to the Lord Jesus Christ, true to his calling, true to his, his mission. Our Lord and Savior Himself in John 15, uh, verses 18 through 21. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have Kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If it had not 
If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that, had, he that hateth me hateth my father also. And I'll stop reading there. But uh, Jesus tells us to expect treatment like this. Expect brutal from those that know not Christ. Well, the, th- the third thing I want to say, we looked at why, where afflictions came from, what to expect. Now the question as to why afflictions. And uh, again, I want to go back to uh, Job uh, chapter 3. I think if anybody could have honestly asked that question, Job probably could have. Job chapter 3, verses uh, 23 through 26. Why is light given to a man whose way is hid, and whom God hath hedged in? For my signs cometh before I eat, and my roarings are poured out like the waters. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. Job here is, is uh, giving an interesting perspective. He says, why is light even given to mankind? Why, why do we even have life? If we have hardships, if we have difficulties. And uh, he talks about his fears. He says, for the things which I greatly feared has come upon me. And uh, I don't know, you know, we go back to the beginning of Job. It says, Job there, it, it seems like he was doing a good thing. He was offering to the Lord sacrifices per chance. Uh, there in, uh, uh, per chance his children had sinned. And it seems like a good thing. But I wonder if Job wasn't a man of, of, of fear. Uh, and maybe that fear was consuming his peace with God. I don't know. And I don't want to judge Job necessarily, but I know someone had brought that out to me one time. They said that it seems like the fears that Job had materialized. And uh, I think that can be a caution to us that we don't allow fear to be the over-consuming uh, force in our lives, but rather that our, our, our faith is that which our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his keeping power is what... What, what gives us our protection. Uh, we're human, and fears are real. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things we fear today. Uh, a lot of things I, I, I wouldn't look forward to encountering. Uh, but uh, to realize that my God is greater than the worst trial and affliction in life that I might encounter, uh, you know, is something that I need to keep keep my mind stayed on and focused on. Um, you, know, you think of the conflicts in the Middle East and you think of the, 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 uh, the brutality of, of ISIS and the way they, uh, you know, if, if God would call you to be a missionary there, would you be willing to go there? Uh, I'm just trying to think about some fears that we, we could develop or but yet to realize that, that God is greater than, than those fears. Unpleasant events unfold in our lives and experience, and we begin to ask questions. Why? The book of John, chapter 9, gives us a couple of reasons why we may experience difficulties. In John, chapter 9, Jesus here in verses 1 through 3, and as Jesus passed by, this is on his earthly ministry, He saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. This blind man was here 
in the world for a particular reason that God could be glorified through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, Job's friends came to him too and, and tried to, to pinpoint that, Job, there's got to be something in your past. There's got to be something in your life. There's got to be sin. And, uh, you know, that's our human tendency many times. We, we want to be able to, to, to get a, our hands around a cause. But in many times there may not be a cause other than that the Lord could be glorified. And I, I, wonder, I want you to keep that in focus as we look at the why of afflictions, that God's glory can be manifested. Turning ahead to John chapter 11, this is the account of Lazarus. And again, a very similar reason. Uh, John chapter 11, verses 3 and 4. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he's, heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Again, a, an affliction of sickness. Jesus said the purpose is that the Son of God might be glorified. Again, a very similar reason to the blind man. Afflictions, difficulties, hardships. We need to realize that it may be for God's glory. In Job chapter 23, verse 10, and I'll turn to that verse, uh, it may be God testing our sincerity. And Job uses this expression, he says, even though I am tried, yet will I come forth as gold. You know, you think of, of the refining affliction of fire, and Job truly went through that trial of fire. And he says, when I am tried, yet I will come forth as gold. And uh, so it, another reason or why of afflictions may be that we need to be refined. Our focus needs to be adjusted. Our, our focus may need to be reset on God. Second Corinthians chapter 12 Going back in the New Testament here again, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. The why of affliction. And lest I should be exalted, verse 7, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I sought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, notice verse 9, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. A very, very precious truth that we many times quote glibly, that my grace is sufficient for thee and my strength is made perfect in weakness. But you know, it's a different experience when we're going through it, uh, whatever affliction we may face. And uh, Paul puts it very well, I think. He realizes it's therefore I take pleasure in infirmities. Will your ride on the hardship of life be something that you'll talk about in pleasure? <laughs> Probably not. But you know, we, we, we truly want to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. That should be our testimony with the Apostle Paul. Romans chapter 5. Another why is that we perhaps, and I know our human nature, my human nature, needs to develop patience. Romans chapter 5, 
verses 1 through 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in, notice that, we glory in tribulations. Also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Again, uh, that perfecting work of trials and tribulations in our life, patience, experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because of the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. We can rejoice in those tribulations. The uh, John 15, verse 2, is the uh, parable of the, pardon me, it's the parable of the vine. And there he talks about pruning that we may bring forth more fruit. We may, God may allow us to have difficulties and afflictions to, to help us to shed some of the dross that is in our life so that we can be more fruitful and productive for him. The psalmist David in Psalms 119.71 says, Teach us, uh, teach me thy statutes so that I may learn about you. Uh, you know, I'm not quoting that quite right. Uh, Psalms 119 verse 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. That's the part I was missing. It is good for me that I have been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes. Uh, you know, when we face afflictions, David here is saying, I'll learn thy statutes. I'll learn the principles of God. I'll learn the truths of your word. It helps us, it teaches us about God's character. And just down further in verse 67, he gives a similar thought, or back further. He says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. So afflictions draw us closer to God. Well, I want you to think about some promises here, fourthly, some promises as we go through trials and afflictions. In Psalms 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God knows when we board the ship of hardship. God knows when we encounter tribulations and afflictions. God is our refuge, strength, a very present help. He's there. He's present all the time. We can depend upon Him. Uh, Psalms 55, verse 22. And these are familiar promises. I just want to remind you of them. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. If we move because of the afflictions and trials that we're encountering, we haven't been trusting in the Lord. Cast thy burden upon Him, and He will cause the righteous not to be moved. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. God is... We don't need to allow our heart to be burdened with the... Problems of afflictions and hardship. Romans 8 verse 28 is another familiar one. All things work together for the good to them that are called according to his purpose. 
2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, My grace is sufficient for thee. And Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 through 18, and I'll turn to that one. Hebrews chapter 4 promises that we can claim. Hebrews 4, verse 15, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And then 1 Peter chapter 5, verse First uh, Peter chapter 5, verses 7 through 9 tells us that we ought to be casting our care upon Him, for He careth for us. God knows those that are His, those that are called according to His purpose, and we can cast our care upon Him. Lastly, I like to think about our response to others that face hardships. You know, we may come alongside those that are facing afflictions and difficulties. James chapter 5, verses 14 through 16 tells us that we ought to pray for them. And uh, it was one of the topics we had at our, uh, our minister's meeting this week, the, the aspect of intercess, intercessory prayer. Uh, Richard, Breen, Richard Bean shared on that, very, very practical. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 15, talks about the expression of weeping. It's all right to come alongside and, and weep with them that weep. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, talks about sharing one another's burdens and giving of our possessions. We may be called upon to share and to give in a practical way. Uh, James 1 verse 27 talks about visiting those that are in afflictions and difficulties. Again, Job chapter 6 verse 14, he made the plea for, for having pity and understanding uh, from those who are coming alongside. His three friends did not seem to have much pity, did not seem to have much understanding. And he appealed to them. He said, oh, that as they come, came alongside of him, that they would have an expression of pity and understanding of his calamities. Philippians chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. I want to just turn to those two verses in closing. Philippians 4. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, notwithstanding ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. That's the Apostle Paul speaking there. And he was commending those Philippians who had communicated to him in his affliction. Uh, I've, I've, I've entitled those two verses the idea of empathy. And uh, I think it's a deeper expression than just simply sympathy. We, we, like, to, uh, we like when people sympathize but here, I think, is an expression of true empathy. They communicated to a level that he knew they were, he understood his, his burden and his afflictions. And uh, it gave Paul, he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Are we willing to be the strength of God to our brothers who are afflicted? That's a challenge I want to leave with you. I left my mental mind, my mental picture, I was, in my mind I was mentally trying to imagine what the ship of hardship would look like. And, uh, you know, it's not a luxury cruise liner like we see pictured many times offering cruises to the Caribbean. You know, I, I would picture it as a ship that maybe has um, some leaks and very rough course provisions, perhaps someone bailing water off. 
and the waves are rocking the boat, small boat, and maybe a mast of the one of the main posts of the sail are broken off, and some of the other rigging of the sail is broken. Somebody has to hold the sail out there to get the wind properly. Uh, maybe the rudder is broken. Someone's got a wooden oar trying to help give some steering capabilities. That's just my mental picture of the ship of hardship and the uh, what we may encounter. It's not something we, we naturally look forward to, but yet there's, there's the, the potential for us to be better children of God and to bring glory to Him as we go through these experiences on the ship of hardship. And I guess these verses that I've shared with you this morning, I'd like you to uh, be an encouragement to us as we face the future ahead. We don't know what the future holds, but God does. And God in His Word has seen fit to warn us that we may face difficult times. We likely will. We have certainly have, an ex- had, have had an extended period of uh, peace and uh, uh, openness that we can express our, our faith in God. But, you know, there's no promise that that will continue. And, uh, you know, we need to acquaint ourselves with God's words for those less than desirable experiences that we may sometime be called to bear. And uh, God, I believe, will help us through those experiences because he has given us the word to sustain us.